0: Hello, everyone. This is Scott Shell, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in private Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher Liminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Shell Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we talk about the Golden State Warriors and some of their games coming up over the next couple of days from a betting perspective. Before I do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. With the NBA in full swing and as college basketball starts to heat up around March Madness, make sure you find your way to bet on all the action here at Bet Online. They also have a special deal coming for March Madness as they have a $100,000 bracket madness contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs online has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds, the best place to place your wagers, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on just your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Bang Barrier Podcast here on the Bleed Podcast Network. Before we end up going on break, we previewed what we were going to be doing uh, for this week's episode. It's going to be the same thing that we've been doing for the last couple of months, talking about Golden State and the upcoming matchups this week. However, it is worth mentioning that I forgot to mention before we end up going on break. I'll also be talking about some trade deadline stuff. I know this is only three games for the upcoming week for Golden State. And if you weren't aware of this, the trade deadline is in exactly a week. It is going to be next Thursday, but by the time I upload next week's video, might be after the deadline so for that reason it feels like a good time to bring up some trade deadline talk and talk about if Golden State should be buyers or sellers the deadline and who they could potentially be targeting and who they could potentially be getting rid of but either way before we end up getting into the upcoming matchups we'll recap what happened last week pretty mediocre week for us and for the Golden State Warriors Golden State ended up going two and two Ended up kind of surprising me with the first two games. Lost to the Clippers. Ended up beating the Jazz. I got those two wrong. However, I was right about losing to the Lakers and beating the Rockets. I think the Lakers lost was the most disappointing one. Second blowout loss in a row to the Lakers. And Anthony Davis not in the lineup. They ended up losing by 30+. plus. Then bounced back to beat Houston. Uh, Houston has lost what feels like about 40 games in a row. They haven't won a game in over a month. That team is absolutely terrible. But Golden State ended up uh, doing a good job and winning the game. However, you do have to wonder about the status of Steph Curry, who ended up injuring his tailbone in the third quarter. And it is kind of worth monitoring if Golden State will rest him for any of the upcoming games. But either way, uh, we're going to look at the upcoming uh, matchups for Golden State. And you have back-to-back matchups against Memphis that's going to be taking place on Friday and Saturday. So no games tonight. And then after that, Golden State does have one more game uh, before... Uh, they play on Thursday, but of course for Thursday we won't cover that next week. But anyway, they play Memphis twice in a row, and then after that you have a, they have a couple of days off before they end up facing off against Philadelphia on Tuesday, and those are going to be the three games. But looking at this Memphis matchup, I know that they play back-to-back, so I won't try to sound too repetitive in these matchups. But either way, these teams have been kind of similar so far this season. Quite up and down uh, for both teams. Golden State's 21-20. and 20. Memphis is 18 and 19. However, Memphis did pick up a nice win against Miami yesterday, winning in a very very low scoring game of 89 to 85. John Morant to the game winning layup with less than five seconds left, and Memphis ended up holding on for the win. However, Memphis is still nine and 12 at home. Golden State is eight and 13 on the road. So it's a little bit of a dice situation for both teams because they have struggled in this type of environment. Whether Memphis is at home, Golden State's on the road, so we'll see what happens because something has to give in this matchup. Now, looking at the actual breakdown of what's going to be important in this game, of course, it has to start with the point guard matchup with Steph Curry, assuming he plays, and John Morant. Now, Morant, of course, is still a very solid player. However, he has regressed quite a lot since his rookie season. If you look at his numbers, he's averaging 19.4 points per game. At 7.6 assists per game, which sounds very, very solid. However, when you dig deeper, you can realize his efficiency has been pretty underwhelming. If you look at his numbers, he's shooting 44.3% from the floor in comparison to his career average of 46.6. Meanwhile, he is also shooting just 23.5% from the three point line, and that is uh, based on, that is definitely a significantly uh, noticeable. Uh, downgrade compared to his 29.9% in his career, but I think the main issue that I kind of just alluded to with his percentages, the fact that his jump shot is not consistent enough, and that's been a serious problem. John is a very downhill point guard, which definitely fits his strengths, however, he really struggles from behind the arc, and I feel like that's going to be the next step that he's going to need to take if he wants to be Uh, that type of guy moving forward to potentially carry a team by himself I know he did a last year to a play-in game and ended up losing but if Morant wants to be one of the best point guards in the league for the next decade or so he's going to need to work on his outside jumper but either way uh, Memphis definitely has been pretty inconsistent they do have a couple bright spots I'll go through the actual uh, I'd say stats for these players talk about some other important uh, factors I know that Uh, Jaron Jackson has been out for basically the entire year, so that's definitely a tough blow to Memphis. But looking at the rest of the roster, Valentunas has definitely been the most impressive player, in my opinion, on the roster. Averaging 15.9 points per game, 11.9 rebounds. He's been fantastic, and him in the middle is definitely a very, very hard person to match up against. And if you look at today's NBA, I know he can expand his range a little bit. But he's kind of one of the only back-to-the-basket centers that we have. I know he's got a mid-range jumper. He can shoot a little bit from the outside. But he has a lot of moves in the post-game department. And he definitely has been a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. And Golden State, who should be without Wiseman and Pascal. I know Pascal's not exactly a big man, but he could play power forward in some small lineups. He They definitely are going to struggle uh, trying to protect the paint with Alan uh, in this matchup. Other than that, though, Dylan Brooks is pretty solid 15.7 points per game. rebounds, 2.6 assists. We have Kyle Anderson as well. 12.9 points per game, uh, 5.9 rebounds per game, 3.3 assists. So they have a couple of very solid role players. Brandon Clark's also come into his own a little bit uh, because he has had to embrace a bigger role with Jaron Jackson out of the lineup. And Clark has done pretty well. 11.8 11.8 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game, also averaging 0.8 blocks, which is the most on the team. So, looking at Memphis, this team is pretty mediocre, really not much to talk about. This team, I guess, has some upside if Ja turns a corner when it comes to shooting, but this team, despite winning yesterday, has still ended up losing four of its last six games, not exactly in great form. Meanwhile, Golden State, kind of similar boat. I just talked about it. these teams have been pretty consistent all season long. But Golden State, if you do look at the actual recent results, Golden State's been pretty underwhelming as well. Has lost 5 of 7. And you do have to wonder who's going to get the job done in this matchup. For this matchup, though, I'm actually going to take Memphis in the first game of this back-to-back. I just think that Curry might not play in this spot. It seems like a situation where even though Curry, I think, is pretty healthy, and I don't think that the tailbone injury is that serious, you do have to wonder if Golden State will purposefully hold them out just to make sure that he's healthy because they know that if Curry gets injured, their whole season's over. So I expect Curry to probably miss this game uh, if he's going to miss any, and I think he will play the game on Friday. But assuming that Curry is still in the lineup, Memphis doesn't have to travel. Uh, Memphis ended up being able to play in Miami at home yesterday, so it does have a day off into a home game. I think it's a pretty good spot for Memphis. So I will take the Grizzlies on the Friday game. However, uh, for the Saturday game, I do like Golden State to get revenge. I do think that these two teams will split uh, the two games over the weekend. Simply put, I just think that these teams are pretty even, and I think that Curry won the playing on Friday, and I think that he'll be able to put together a very solid performance. The issue I still have with Memphis, even though that they have Alan Shunas, this team really just doesn't have much rim protection, which is where Jaron Jackson has missed so much. Because even though Jackson was experimenting with a three-point shot, which actually worked out pretty well last year, and his offensive game is still a little bit raw, could be developed, his defensive game and his rim protection are definitely underrated. And that was his main calling card out of Michigan State when he came into the league. And with him out of the lineup, your leading shot blocker is averaging .8 blocks per game. That's simply not enough. And with Golden State, with Wiggins, with Oubre, this team likes to attack the basket, even with Draymond, uh, who mostly attacks in order to set up teammates, but still, with the lack of rim protection, I do think that'll be a problem. And I do think Golden State should get the job done on Saturday. But now, looking at the matchup coming up against Philadelphia on Tuesday, the 76ers are a pretty interesting team at this point in time. Now, Philadelphia, of course, still has one of the best records in the Eastern Conference. However, everyone already knows Joel Embiid is out, and he's going to be out indefinitely, most likely for another two, three weeks. But Philadelphia, without him, is actually looked decent. Uh, This team without Embiid, if you just talk about the injury in itself, he got injured against Washington, they won by 26. They have won two of three since his injury with the one loss coming at home in overtime yesterday against Milwaukee in a game that was up 19 points. This Philadelphia team, despite being without Embiid, has actually still looked really competitive, and I think that's just a testament to the actual roster moves that Daryl Moore made during the offseason. Uh, Tobias Harris has looked very solid this season. Uh, Ben Simmons, very solid all-around player, still not the greatest shooter in the world. But he was an all-star in line to potentially win Defensive Player of the Year. Very, very solid point guard, and even the bench players with Curry, uh, who I know it, ended up getting injured. I'm um, talking about Seth Curry. Uh, he ended up getting injured against uh, Milwaukee. Was it against Milwaukee? Or was it against New York? I don't. I think it was against Milwaukee yesterday. He, I'm pretty sure he got injured and hurt his ankle. But other than that, though, he's been solid. Cork must have been good. They finally have three-point shooters, and Philadelphia. I actually think matches up pretty well against Golden State in this spot. If you want to actually talk about what Philadelphia does well, they're extremely physical defensively, and they also have a lot of size, even with the injury to Embiid or with Dwight Howard. And I simply just think that Golden State, despite being that I can't even say that they're the healthier team, because they're also missing Wiseman and they're missing Pascal. For this matchup, I think that Philadelphia will hang tough. I think that this 76ers team, even without Embiid, is still very underrated in the marketplace. And I think Golden State, 13 and 7 at home, don't get me wrong, nothing to scoff at. But something about this Warriors team, I'm just not sold on. And I haven't been sold on them all year, mostly since the Clay injury. I know that Oubre has come along compared to the abysmal start he had to the season. But Philadelphia, I actually like in this spot. I just think Philadelphia is the better team. I think Philadelphia is more physical. And I think that Howard should actually have a very good game on the board. So if I had to pick here, i like Philadelphia to get the job done. I think that Simmons is one of the best on-ball defenders in the entire league. He possesses size, strength. I think he'll be able to stay physical with Steph around screens. And I think he will make Steph's life pretty miserable throughout the entire game. Now, am I saying that Steph's going to go for 15 points? No. I think he could potentially still go for 30. But the point is that if Simmons ends up forcing him to be inefficient in the pursuit of 30 points, Golden State's going to have some issues. And I simply think that Philadelphia should get the job done. But anyway, those are the three games that are going to be taking place for the upcoming week for Golden State. And now that takes us to the second part, which I alluded to when we started this show, which is going to be the trade-dead one talking about what Golden State should be doing. Should they try to acquire another piece to compete for a potential title or go for a deep playoff run? Or do they blow it up and try to look forward to the future? And my response is going to hurt the feelings of a decent amount of Golden State fans, but I think if you're realistic, you can understand where I'm coming from. I think Golden State should mostly blow it up. Now, of course, you have a couple of untouchable pieces in there, and some guys you wouldn't want to get rid of. Now, Curry, of course, is the main one there. He's not going anywhere. That's a given. Clay Thompson, I think, is a a guy who won't be traded. I think you do have to wonder if he'll be the same player following those knee injuries, but either way, uh, Golden State knows that the Splash Brothers are the entire basis of that team, and if they end up trading one of the two, there's going to be a riot. So I think that they'll keep both. Now, other than that, though, I think Wiseman's untouchable. Uh, because of the fact they just drafted him with a top three pick in the draft. Wiseman has shown flashes. Uh, Defensively, he has had some issues, but he does have a lot of raw talent, and I do think Golden State will try to build him into the franchise center. Uh, That could be a serious piece for the franchise for the next decade or so. So I don't think Wiseman will be traded. Which brings you to the main two pieces on this team who I think should probably be traded. It's going to be Andrew Wiggins. And it's going to be Kelly Oubre. Now, Wiggins has had a good year. 17.2 points per game. 4.5 rebounds. One block. So he's been solid on both sides of the ball. Oubre, 15.2 points per game. 5.8 rebounds per game. However, the issue that I do have with at least one of those two guys is that when Klay comes back, one of them has to come off the bench. And I just simply don't exactly see the purpose of that when you can acquire another asset. I think Golden State knows... If this team ends up trying to compete for a playoff run, it'll probably lose in either the first or the second round. This team has proven time and time again, even without Anthony Davis, this team just doesn't match up well against the Lakers for a seven-game series. Uh, It has had mixed results against the Clippers. I do think it could beat the Clippers, potentially. Utah's had some success, even though Golden State just beat them in the recent meeting. But if you're competing to try to beat the Lakers, I think we can agree that this current Warriors roster without Clay is definitely not constructed to beat that team. So my question is... If you're not good enough to beat the best team in the West, then what's really the point? I know that you can talk about you know some good memories of winning a playoff series or two, and you don't want to waste a year of Steph Curry's prime. But at the end of the day, I just don't think this Golden State team is good enough. And you can talk about, well, what if they acquire a piece? What if they trade, let's well, just say hypothetically speaking, they trade Kelly Oubre or Wiggins for Victor Oladipo, because I know that he wants out of Houston, just for example. So you can make an argument is an improvement on defense and everything like that. My question is, does that really swing the needle that much? Do you still think that the Warriors with, let's just say without Wiggins, but with Oladipo, is good enough to beat the Lakers? The answer is no. I just don't think there's really any move out there that is going to force Golden State into serious title consideration. So even though you don't like to prepare for next season, you hate throwing in the towel, at the end of the day, I think the worst place to be in sports is... Uh, you know, the realm of mediocrity, and that's where the Warriors are, where you're not good enough to compete for a title, but you're not bad enough to get a top three pick in the draft. I'm not saying Golden State should go full-on tank mode, because they should end up competing for a playoff spot, and it depends on how badly uh, you want them to blow it up. But either way, I am curious if Golden State will actually accept reality and will try to... I'd say focus more on the potential title runs in the future. So that is definitely something to monitor. I think they're going to stay pat truthfully. I don't think Golden State is going to make many moves. I expect them to keep pretty much everyone on the roster, maybe make a move to acquire maybe a depth piece off the bench, maybe a backup point guard because I really don't think Nico Manning's that good. Uh, Mannion, sorry, but I don't think he's very good. They might need a backup point guard there, but either way, Golden State, I really don't think will do much during the course of the trade deadline. I think they're just going to keep the roster, stay the course, and probably finish at around an eight seed in the Western Conference. But either way, those are my thoughts. Uh, If you think Golden State should trade for somebody, uh, I'm kind of curious who you think they should go for, realistically. But either way, those are my thoughts on the trade deadline, and those are my thoughts on the matchup. So once again, I think Golden State is going to split against Memphis, lose the game on Friday. Win the game on Saturday, and I think Golden State will lose to Philadelphia on Tuesday. Other than that, though, that's an installment of the Barrier podcast here at the Bleed Podcast. So now And good go talk to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.